You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Eddie Tilly. Man, is that a way to start your Sunday or what? Man, those guys were good. Everybody online, I hope that music came through online the way it was in the room. So good. Those guys are just amazing, aren't they? I mean, I, when you got voices like that, I like to call that the stank voice because that's when they sing and just makes your face just crumple up. And, uh, 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 like they singing like your face is doing, you know, when you're hearing them sing. They just, and they are anointed. I mean anointed. Like, Eddie, you don't know those guys. How do you know they're anointed? Were y'all not paying attention? Five brothers singing together for over 20 years. They're still together. That's an anointing. And those guys are real, man. You know, sometimes artists can get weird, even Christian artists. They can be kind of funky. You know, they look all one way on a stage, and you get to meet them off stage, you're like, man, y'all are kind of weird. So I went back there to test the waters in between services. Man, those, they're just exactly what you see on the stage. Man, them guys are real. They just love the Lord. They love each other. They love church. They love you. They love ministering to people. So give it up for them one more time for the Katinas, man. They can hear you. They're back there. Yes. And are you loving this weather? Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Hey, I get it. Hey, I dressed for fall, y'all. I got up this morning. It was chilly. I put my fall clothes on. It's going to be summertime in 30 minutes. But hey, <laughs> I'm enjoying the fall. So just let me have my moment. But what I want to talk to you guys about this morning is I want to talk to you about the epidemic. Now, don't, don't, nobody sigh and don't really go, oh my gosh, here we go. We got, no, 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 I'm not talking about COVID. Not talking about COVID. However, I would argue that this epidemic that I'm talking about is even more deadly than COVID. And it was ramping up to a fever pitch before the pandemic hit. And the pandemic has done nothing but exacerbate it and make it worse. And I think what hurts my heart the most is that nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. It is way worse than COVID. And I'm going to read you some stats about the epidemic that I'm talking about. And these stats come from a period between 2018 and 2020. Some stats, a couple of quotes. And um, so keep that in mind, between 2018 and 2020, and it's only gotten worse. So let me start off with a quote from Dr. Uh, Dean Ornish, who is a best-selling author and a world-renowned physician. I'm not aware of any other factor in medicine than this. Not diet, not smoking, not exercise, not stress, not genetics, not drugs, not surgery, that has a greater impact on your quality of life, incidence of illness, and premature death from how many causes? All. All causes. Another quote, Dr. Vivek Murthy, former Surgeon General. This is also associated with a greater risk of cardiovascular disease, dementia, Depression and anxiety. During my years caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was this. And then Brigham Young University actually did a study in 2018, and this is what they said. This issue actually damages our bodies. It's the equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day, being a lifelong alcoholic, it's more harmful than not exercising and twice as harmful as obesity. What is it? Well, you know it because it's right there at the top of your card. Isn't it there at the top of your card? You're like, oh, I got a blanket at the top of my card. That's because the greatest epidemic facing us today is loneliness. 
loneliness. Now, these aren't things that I made up. These are real doctors that I quoted, and the Brigham Young University was a real study. Loneliness. Now, that's how bad it was before the pandemic. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but we, and, and even if you are paying attention, you've got to dig to find this stuff. The suicide rate right now is through the roof across the board. All generations, all, young, old, middle, all the generations, nobody is talking about it. So I wanted to dig into it this morning because Pastor Mike opened this series last weekend, and I believe he just, I believe he had a word from the Lord, which when doesn't he have a word from the Lord? He always had a word from the Lord. But I believe, I believe God put that on his heart because I believe we just, we just need to spend some time talking around this because we as the church, the last thing we need to be is lonely. And this is something that affects all of us. And so we're going to spend some time today, and, and I've got, um, I found this cool little triangle. You'll see that triangle there. I, this is not mine. I didn't develop it. I found this young lady who is actually a relationship therapist. Did you realize there are such a thing? You can make a career now as a relationship therapist. And I say that kind of in jest, but she's really good. Really good. I dug into her stuff, and here's what I love. Anytime you really dig deep into something that works, and you get down into the science of it, and you start looking at what they're finding that works, you think, oh my gosh, what a breakthrough, that's amazing. You know where it always comes back to? Right here. We've had it the whole time. Sometimes you just need somebody to shed a little new light on it because the things that they're coming up with is nothing new. God put it right here in his word for us. When he says that my word is alive and living, he means that his word is alive and living. This is the manual for life. It is how to do life. And so I took her triangle. Now, disclaimer, she called her triangle the frentimacy triangle. A little too girly for me, okay? I get it. Frentimacy is not a bad thing, but I just needed relationship. And here's what I like about relationship is this, what I'm about to go through with you, really applies across the board. It applies to your relationship with God. It applies to your relationship with your spouse. If you're in here and you're single, if you're watching online and you're single, I'm about to give you a foolproof method. I promise you, if you apply this method to your relationships, you can avoid a lot of heartache in the future because making the wrong choice for your spouse is a game changer. So this works across the board for everybody. And I want to begin by going into the Bible because it just so happens God has a few things to say about loneliness and about friendships and about relationships. So we'll begin in the very beginning in the book of Genesis in the second chapter where God said, It is not good for the man to be alone, so I will make a helper who is just right for him. So God himself said, It is not good to be alone. God has never been alone. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have existed from the beginning of time. Always and forever, God has never been alone. He's always been in relationship. Jesus said this to his disciples in John chapter 15. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in the slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. So Jesus was saying, I'm elevating you to a place above master and servant. I'm elevating you to a place of friend. That's the highest place is friend. Proverbs very wisely says this, and you need to understand this as well. There are quote-unquote friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. 
And then finally, the most iconic friendship verse in the Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So what are these verses saying? They're saying it's not good to be alone. They're saying that, look, life comes at everybody and comes at everybody the same. This is something that's just been on my heart. I feel like I've been saying this in every message I've had the opportunity to speak, is that life happens to everybody across the board. We are all going to face success. We are all going to face failure. We are all going to experience moments of joy. We are all going to experience moments of grief. We are all going to be exact, just taken away with wonderful things, and we're all going to face incredible loss. The difference for you and I is there's something supernatural that we draw on in our relationship with God that gives us a different perspective. And according to what God says, you can't do it alone. You cannot. God says, I didn't do it alone. It's always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're going to go through this triangle. But before we do, I just want to share with you um, one of my stories from from early friendships. You know, Because friendships, there's a lot of funny stuff that happens in friendships. And so I have a life group, and several years ago when we were kind of getting things started, uh, we had gotten together at somebody's house, and we're, and we're eating a meal together. And as often happens, it goes from laughing and all that to some pretty serious sharing. And it kind of just naturally involved to going around the table. So we're going around the table, and everybody's kind of sharing something that's going on in their life. And it's the person right before me. I'm last. This person shares. But when that person shared it triggered this person to remember something that they had heard about and they shared it. And when they did, it triggered this person about something that they heard yesterday and this guy that did this and the train just left the station. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I mean, right? Train's gone. Like we're off that train. And then that goes on for a while. Somebody goes, oh my, oh, look at the time. Gosh, I didn't realize it was this late. We got to go. I mean, you know, we got work tomorrow and everything. Everybody starts standing up and I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh man, this is awkward. Like any minute now, they're going to realize, oh, Eddie, Eddie didn't get a chance to share. I, you know, but I'll, I'll, I'll be very gracious about it and, and not let it get awkward, you know, when they realize it. They didn't. <laughs> now, men realize it. We all got up, hug, shake hands, walk out the door. And I don't know if you have this little person in you. I have a little two-year-old Eddie in me. And little two-year-old Eddie is like, can you believe that? I cannot, I cannot, but those are your friends. These are your friends, the people that you're sharing your life with. Nobody even noticed me. Just, oh yeah, Eddie, he's always happy. Look at him on the stage, Mr. Positive. I'm sure he's fine. He doesn't need to talk about anything. He doesn't have any. That's what little two-year-old Eddie was doing. That's not the end of the story, but I'm going to tell you the end of the story a little bit later on in the message. (laughs) All right. So let's get on this triangle, because this triangle, I'm a very visual person, and so when I saw this, it just helped me so much, so I'm hoping it will help you like it helps me. The base of this triangle, the starting place for all relationships, bar none, is positivity. Positivity. Positivity sets the atmosphere for relationships to grow. Everything that grows needs an atmosphere to grow in. And when it comes to relationships, positivity sets the atmosphere. atmosphere. People that are joyful, that encourage you, that are empathetic with you, that always see the best in you, that are just always see the glass half full. And this is a great place for us to pause for just a minute and think about because if you're in here and you're saying, man, nobody ever wants to hang around me. Nobody ever wants to do anything. This is, a, this is an introspective thing for all of us. It, we, sometimes we need to do a personal gut check. Am I a person who exudes positivity 
Or am I just always, you know, glasses half empty, Eeyore, life is bad, the world's falling apart, da-da-da-da. If you're always like that, did anybody wake up this morning and say, you know what I need? I need a couple of more cynical, sarcastic people in my life to point out the things I'm not doing right. I got enough of that in my own head. I don't need people to do that. I do that myself. So we all need to take a look at, at this whole positivity aspect because that sets the atmosphere for the growth. And there's a wonderful concept, I've, pro- I've probably heard about it before, I just don't remember, called the five to one principle um, that they've come up with. And, and I 100% believe it. And the five to one principle says this, for every one withdrawal that you make, whining and complaining. So we're not talking about Pollyanna that you just get with friends that are just always exuberant. You can have the whining and complaining, but for every one withdrawal of that, you need to have a minimum of five deposits of joy, of happiness, of excitement, of the glasses half full, of we're going places and we're doing things. You have to put a lot more in than you take out if you want to have a healthy relationship. So that's our baseline. That's our starting point is the positivity. The left side of the triangle, the other thing we have to have is consistency or time. Another way to say consistency is time. Why do we need that? Well, you need time to observe people. You need to watch people and see how do they act. More importantly, how do they react? You know, what what kind of person is this? How do they do in certain situations? And so you can see with time, that happens in a lot of places, right? You naturally spend a lot of time with people at work, with people in your family. You naturally spend a lot of time if if you're in school, all those kinds of areas. Maybe you have young kids involved in ball games, and now you're spending a lot of time there. So you need that time because that next line on your card there, it takes time to trust. It takes time to build trust. And trust is an important thing. And you can't trust everybody. It's something that you have to sort of test the waters. You have to sort of observe them. One of the things that we um, told our kids when they were dating, you know, not first dating like teenage dating. We're talking like serious dating like, hey, you could meet the one dating. When they started doing that, we were like, hey, six-month minimum, six-month. It takes at least six months for the crazy to come out. So you can't, nothing before six, I don't care how good they look before the six-month mark. Because you got to give time for the crazy to bubble up to the top. And hey, the crazy not, is not a uh, game changer, right? That's, that's not a negator. The crazy comes up. So the next test is, can we sit down, have a talk about the crazy, and work through the crazy? If we can, then fine, because we all crazy. If y'all didn't know that, we're all crazy. So the, so the trick is, can we, can we sit down and have a conversation and work through it? If we can, now we can build some trust, and this, and this relationship might can proceed forward. But if we're going to act like there is no crazy, we got to go. We're just not going to stay here. So we need that time. We need that consistency. The other piece of the triangle is vulnerability. We have to have the vulnerability. And, of course, vulnerability, part of that is sharing yourself. You know, putting yourself out there. We're all, we're all guarded when we meet somebody. We don't just meet somebody and share our whole life with them. We're guarded, right? You need to know, is this a safe person? Is this somebody that we can trust? And the reason we all want the vulnerability there at the bottom of your, of your card is because we all want to feel loved. We all want that. It's just in us. We want to feel loved. And we can only feel loved if we feel known. And we can only feel known if we are able to share ourselves. Like truly, honestly, share who we are. 
So this triangle really helped me because I, I started thinking. I said, okay, let's do this. What if you just looked at the people that are inside your triangle and you start putting dots? Where are they at? Because it'd be easy to see that, you know, again, positivity has to be there. You have to start there. But now let's say you've got the consistency. The time is there. And you've got a lot of time with them. And you put that dot way up there. You say, man, we've got the positivity. We've got the consistency. But if the vulnerability isn't there, then it limits where that relationship can go. And there's all kind of reasons the vulnerability might not be there. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe, maybe that person is just one of those people that's like, hey, man, I love you. I'm on a route for you. I'm your best friend. I love hanging out with you, but let's don't get too deep. Me sharing all that, just, just not me. And that's fine. If that person wants to, that's, that's totally okay. But you see how that is, by virtue of what it is, going to limit the, the, the depth of the relationship. The opposite can also be true, which is kind of strange to think about. But you could have somebody that you do feel totally safe with. You feel like you could share anything with them. So the vulnerability is high. And again, you're going to put the dot way up there. But if there isn't the opportunity and the time to get the time together, it, again, it limits it. I'm all for long-distance relationships. There's nothing wrong with long-distance relationships. But we need the relationships also that are in proximity. We need people near us. We need, we need the touch of hands. We need the embrace of hugs. We need to be able to look into somebody's eyes. We need, to, we need to hear their voice and see their eyes when they're talking to us. So all of it just works together. So is that helping you so far, the dots on the triangle? It helped me a lot. And so when I look at that, I, I kind of look at the front side of this card, the triangle that we just filled out, as kind of how do you position yourself? Like how do you get yourself into a position now to build relationships with this group of people? And a couple of years ago, I started a journey where I became very much aware that I needed more of these kinds of relationships in my life, a, a high vulnerability, high consistency, high positivity. And so I purposefully set out and I looked at the group of friends, you know, in my circle, and I found a few couples that were in the same stage of, of life as my wife and I. Our kids were about the same age. We we're just sort of all going through the same thing. We had been here at the church for about the same amount of time, and so we started hanging out. We called it Taco Tuesday, and so every other Tuesday we'd get together, we'd do dinner, and just sort of share and, and just, you know, whatever happened. It was just totally spontaneous. Well, that now has grown into a very, very deep life group that we now have. And so when I was going through this message, I text them and I said, guys, give me some feedback. If you were going to coach somebody into how to position themselves to find this kind of a relationship, what would you say to them? How would you help them understand what to do? And all of them had great responses, but this one guy who's just awesome uh, gave a fantastic response that just fit perfect in my message. I was like, man, that's from the front of the card to the back of the card. That's what he just did. So I was going to read the quote, but then I thought, man, that dude's good looking. That's a handsome young man right there. Why not just let him say it on video and let you hear his own words out of his own mouth? So here you go. When it comes to developing those lifelong relationships, my first point of advice is don't force it. Just let it happen naturally over time. You know, it shouldn't feel like work. It should be easy and comfortable. Like any friendship or relationship, there's gonna be that chemistry that draws you together. And once it's developed, be deliberate about how you maintain it. And the best way to do that is just care for one another and love each other. Oh, Lieutenant Colonel Keith Brace, he's just awesome, isn't he? 
This is a great guy. But I love what he said there because, you know, the whole, the chemistry, the naturally happy, that's the front side of the triangle, right? You've got people in the triangle. So you just sort of look at who am I naturally drawn to? And don't try to force it to happen. You might be naturally drawn to somebody, but they're not naturally drawn to you. And that's, that's not a dis- you know, anything bad on it. It's just not happening. So don't try to force it. You know, move, keep moving around. Keep your options open. And then when you start finding those people and they do start popping up on your radar, the backside of this card is to do exactly what Keith said because now comes the work. If you are going to have deep, meaningful relationships, it takes work. They don't just happen. The beginning can just happen, the chemistry, the the being drawn to each other, but then you've got to put effort into it and you've got to fight for it. It is just like your marriage. Your marriage is the same way. It is just like your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is the same way. If you want it to go deeper, more intimate, you've got to fight for time. You've got to fight for it to be more vulnerable. I know we all probably think we're just as vulnerable with God as we are, but, but I know for me personally, that was a big struggle. I'll never forget Pastor Mike said in a sermon one day, he was doing a sermon on friendship. And he said, you know, here's the deal. We all have one relator. You have a relator. Like think of it like a little piece, a little computer chip in there that's a relator. And it either works or it doesn't. You can't say, man, I relate to God. Great. I just can't relate to people. Like it's the same relator. And that helped me so much because I realized, man, I really struggle with people in some areas. And then I realized, so then that means I really struggle in the same area with God. And I had to work through that. I just thought that was such wise advice. But I want to take now and kind of marry what Pastor Mike said last week to this triangle. Because if you remember last week, he talked about how we have the outer circle and then we have the middle circle and then we have the inner circle. And it's the same thing with the triangle. You have that bottom green area there. That's the outer circle. And there's lots of people in there. And he even posed a question. He said, how many people do you think Jesus had in his outer circle? For sure, hundreds, maybe thousands. We don't know. But there's a lot of people in that circle. And then you move up into that inner circle, the middle part of this triangle. Now it gets a little bit smaller because now you only have the capacity to relate at that level of consistency and vulnerability with X amount of people. For Jesus, it was 12. So Jesus had 12 guys that were in that part of his circle, that were at that level of intimacy with him. Then you move up to the top. That's the sweet spot. For Jesus, he had three, Peter, James, and John. And I believe for most of us, when we feel lonely, and I believe what's going on in the world today with this epidemic of loneliness, is because there's nobody in that spot. That's the place. That's the place where you have to have people. That's where Father, Son, and Holy Spirit exist. That's where Jesus with the 12 and now Peter, James, and John exist. It's the place reserved for only a few people. And, and Pastor Mike mentioned last week, sociologists tell us like one to five. And, and that's it. But that is the sweet spot. So then the question is, how do you get people there? And this is what I'm convinced of. When you, when you have that loneliness and there's nobody there, the answer is not, oh, i got to get more people in my triangle. Most of us already have enough people. It's not that you need to get more people in. It's that you need to move more people up. You need to take time and look around at who's around you and pray about it and ask God to give you some wisdom and some insight. Who is around you that you can be intentional? Because now remember, this is the work piece. Okay, this isn't the honeymoon phase. This is the, if you really want this, you're going to have to invest in it. You're going to have to work for it. 
Who is there that you can begin to move up? And the way that you move them up is you have to exercise these three things, consistency, vulnerability, positivity. They're literally muscles that you have to exercise. Case in point, let's go back to two-year-old Eddie. It's been a couple of hours now. And like any two-year-old, he's wore out. He's been laying on the floor, kicking and screaming. Hair's a whole mess, you know, everything. He's all sweaty. Pajamas are soaking wet. He's done. He's finally done. And when two-year-old Eddie gets done, mature Eddie steps in and says, well, you know, you could have handled that differently. To which two-year-old Eddie perks right back up. I could have handled it differently. I didn't handle anything because I didn't get to say anything because nobody cares about me. I'm just a guy that got this whole thing started and they're just going to kick me to the curb and roll on with her. And little two-year-old Eddie goes on and on. And then finally mature Eddie says, well, you know, all you had to do is say something. Because you know if you would have just spoke up and said, hey, guys, before we go, could I, could I share something with you? And you know every single one of them would have stopped and said, absolutely, they would have sat right back down. And then you would be at home right now just enjoying this incredible, awesome benefit of this relationship you have with these people instead of licking your imaginary wounds. Yeah, I had that same reaction. <laughs> that maturity thing gets you, man. Mm. But it is so true. See, I needed to exercise the vulnerability of speaking up and saying, guys, I have a need. And would you mind if I, if I shared with you? That's being vulnerable. I think a lot of times we think of vulnerable as just this, this meek kind of withdrawn thing, and it's not. If we're going to have these kind of relationships that reach that level, and hey, there's going to be drama. I think about this all the time, okay, because we're only human, right? And so Jesus is working with men when he's working with those disciples. You don't think there was some drama when he's there with the 12 and he says, hey, everybody, y'all just hang out right here. Peter, James, and John, y'all come with me. Because we're going to have this awesome experience called the Mount of Transfiguration. Y'all are about to meet a couple. Of, it's going to be the most. What do you think those nine back there were talking about? I guarantee they were. Oh, bless Peter, James, and John. Look at them. They're getting to go hang out with Jesus and get some extra time with him. No, they weren't thinking that. They're like, well, why didn't he ask me to go up there? What? And see, that, that's, that's where you have to put the brakes. You've got to pump the brakes. You've got to realize Everything that Jesus did, he's setting an example for us. And guys, you can't relate at that top, highest, most intimate with 12 people. You can't. And it's not, it is not anything against the nine. It's not. Those nine can find their three. You have to find your three. And Jesus needed his three. He needed the 12, but he also needed the three. And this is where the rubber always hits the road. And, and it's hard, right? And I've been on both sides of this vulnerability thing. I've been, I've been on the side where somebody sat me down and spoke some hard truth to me. I mean truth that hurt. But here's the thing. That's vulnerability. Because on their side, they're risking everything. This could end the relationship. This could end everything that we've had up to this point. But I can't let it keep going unless I address what the elephant in the room is. And I appreciate that. See, I grew up in a home where bad stuff happened every single day. And you know how you handle it? You got up the next morning, you act like it didn't happen. I'm not ever going to do that again. One of the vows I made when I got sober, when I got saved, when I started learning what dysfunction was, 
I said, I will never, ever do that again. I am not going to be in a relationship where there's an elephant in the room, and according to God's word, we need to address the elephant in the room, and we're going to talk about it. We have to. Not because I'm right or you're wrong, but because I love you, because I want to have you in this, this top part of this relationship at that level, but you can't go if we're dragging an elephant around. And that's tough, and that's hard. And all of us, if we find ourselves in that part of the, we are all going to be on both sides. Always. None of us are perfect. We all have stuff. We all have junk. And we just need those people in our life that can love us when we're at our best, and they can love us when we're at our worst. So I want to finish up today's message by expanding that John 15 passage that I read to you. I read the portion to you where Jesus said, I don't, I don't call you slaves anymore, I call you friends. And in the message version, it's just such beautiful language, and I thought it does such a great job of describing that, that inner circle, that top of the triangle, that, that place with the people that you can be intentional about and vulnerable with and be real with. And Jesus said it this way, He said, I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose. That my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the same way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. And I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what the master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. I think that's such a beautiful description of what friendship is, what friendship means. I think it, when you take all these scriptures in total, and, and I think if you do an even deeper dive into the Bible, and especially in Jesus' life, you'll see that this is what we all need. But my challenge to you is to wake up to it, is to quit letting life knock you around. I don't know how many of you feel like you wake up and get out of bed and it's like as soon as you get out of bed, you're getting hit and you're just sort of, you're staggering through and you're trying to make sense of things. The key, the one thing that is going to get you through whatever this life brings and this life is going to bring some stuff is people. Nobody ever in the greatest time of their loss said, man, I hate when I lost so-and-so, but I feel so much better with that Bentley parked in the driveway. Nobody's ever said that. Nobody ever went through just a horrific time in their life and said, oh my gosh, I've lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do to pay them bills, but man, I'm so glad I could sit in the living room and watch Bob Barker on the 65-inch this week. Nobody's ever said that. You think back to a time when you've had loss. You think back to a time when you've had devastation, and I promise you what will always come to mind is the people. It's the person that just came and sat with you. Maybe they didn't even say hardly anything, but they were just there. It's the person that gave you an encouraging word. It's the person that cried with you. It's the person that felt what you were feeling, the loss that you were feeling. They didn't have the answers, but they were there. And that's what we're all called to do. And my friends, we live in a world that is a thousand percent set against this happening because this is the light of the world. 
you get people who love the Lord, who have this level of intimacy and vulnerability and consistency with him, and then they have this level of intimacy and vulnerability and consistency with each other, and there will be a light in them that this dark world can never put out. I don't care how many lockdowns come, how many pandemics come, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because the light of the world has come into the world and the darkness cannot extinguish it. It can't. So I want to do one last thing before we leave. The Katinas have another song, and I just and Wanda and I were texting about the service, and she said, hey, they've got this song that they'd like to do kind of at the end if, if it works. And they didn't know what my message was. And when I saw the song, I was like, this is perfect, absolutely perfect. I just love the way God works. And so they've got a song that just does a really good job of proving the very last point on your card. So let me just say, all you high C personalities, y'all are seeing me about to walk off the stage. You're like, no, there's one more. There's two more blanks, Eddie. There's two more blanks. Yes, and the blanks are that Jesus is our greatest friend. Woo, aren't these guys just a huge blessing? Yes. It's such a blessing to us because, you know, they came in here, they took the whole worship into service, gave our guys just a nice opportunity to sit and be ministered to. So if you would like to minister to them, and to sow into their ministry. It's such an incredible ministry to be a part of. You can use one of the envelopes in the back of the chair. You just write Katina's on it, drop it in the box on the way out. You can give online. If you're watching online right now, you can go online and give to them as well. But I would just like, before they leave, just one more big round of applause of thank you for what they've done. And I love this. See, the two front guys, they done, they done bailed out right now. So the guy behind the scenes, they get all the loving right now, right? <laughs> I'll hear about that later. Those guys are awesome. I love, they're so good. Support their ministry. Go out there and get some merchandise. They're cool as all get out. Look at the shoes, man. So you know they got some awesome merch out there. But I just want to bless you as you go with just that awareness. Don't, don't let it slip from you. I really do feel like there's something about, as a church, we have got to get more intentional. And I know we talk about evangelism, and 100% that's a part of it. We've got to reach the lost. But guys, if we're going to survive what's coming, it's not getting better. Okay, resolve yourself to that. It's not getting better. We've got to have people that can stand back to back. We've got to have a strand of three that can't easily be broken so that we can keep that light of the world in us and fend off the darkness and go out and be a light to everyone out there that so desperately, desperately needs to hear about the love of Jesus Christ, our greatest friend. Lord bless you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week, 11 o'clock only. Next week, 35-year anniversary. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.